0: Good morning. morning. For those of you who don't know me, I am not Greg Brady. My name is Danny Skelton. I'm one of the chaplains that hang around here, and it's good to talk to you guys this morning. I was asked to stand in for Greg while he's on sabbatical, and I'm hoping he's having a great time on sabbatical. I'm having a great time in his pulpit this morning. It was this bride, newlywed, and she called her mom and she was bawling her eyes out. She was weeping very hard. And her mom said, what's wrong? And she said, well, the honeymoon was great, but we got home and he started using all this foul language. And she said, well, what do you mean? He started telling me words like work, clean, <laughs> iron, dust. I knew you'd get it. (laughs) I'm here to talk about a dirty word this morning. Work. And if you don't think it's a dirty word, go to some of the streets of L.A. and and New York and and shout work and, and see what happens to you. You get mobbed. I want to define work for you. And a couple of different terms, and I'm going to talk to you about why we work, if we can't work, if we don't work, and how should we work. Defining work by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it says to fulfill duties regularly for wages or salary, and that's what most of us do. We go to work, we get a wage or a salary. The Lexham Bible Dictionary describes it a little differently, and I like their definition better. It says, work is an exchange of labor, skill, and time for monetary and intrinsic rewards, often viewed in the Bible as an exercise of stewardship. Exercise of stewardship. I like that better than I like the wages or salary, because I've been working for years now And nobody's paying me. So why do we work? Well, let's take a look at God's work. What did God do? He created the heavens and the earth. He created plants and animals. And then he created Adam and Eve. Jesus also worked. He was the creator of all that is made, for without him nothing was made that is made. As a man, he was a carpenter. He started his life as a carpenter. Later, he worked at proclaiming the gospel. And if you don't think that's work, go down here on Broadway someplace and start preaching the gospel and see how hard it is. And he provided salvation for all of us through his work on the cross. So what are we as humans supposed to do for work? Genesis 1, verses 27 to 28, that's my scripture for today. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every, every living creature that moves on the ground. So he created Adam and Eve to work, to maintain this creation that he had blessed them with. Later he said in Genesis 2, Verses 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden, the garden of Eden, to work it and take care of it. He was supposed to till the garden, name all the animals in the garden, and and get them set in their proper place, and till the ground to grow food. So, according to God and what he had us do, we should be self-supporting. We should be able to support ourselves. The Israelites were required to work. Exodus 16 verses four and five said, then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they have to prepare what they bring in and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. The reason he had to bring in more on the sixth day is because what? On the seventh day we rested. Amen. I got to get me a seventh day one of these days. So he tested them by raining bread upon them, but they had to go gather it. And they couldn't gather too much because it would spoil overnight, except for that sixth day. So they gathered enough that they needed and used it. He was teaching them how to work. And believe me, they're out in the desert for 40 years. They were working. They're working their tails off. God wants us to support ourselves in our work. Genesis 3.19 says, By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food. Until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. This is after Adam and Eve have sinned in the Garden of Eden, and Eden of the tree of knowledge. And now they got to go out, and the ground is not going to be as nice to farm and as forgiving. It's going to be hard. And God is telling them, you still have to work to make yourself or to provide for yourselves. Psalm 128, verse 2 says, you will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. The more you labor, the more fruit that you have to partake of. Did anybody ever noticed that? The harder you work, the more you have. First Thessalonians 4, 11-12 says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anybody. This was important for the new Christians because if you're out there witnessing to somebody and telling them how great God is and you're living like a pig, they're not going to Want to trust God? Very look what He did to you. I'm I'm not gonna mess with that. But if we are working hard, if we are living fruitful lives, then other people see it, and they say, "Well, maybe there's something to this Christianity." So this is what Paul was trying to relate to them. He wants us to support ourselves and work, and we should be self fulfilled our work. We should be happy in what we do. We should have jobs that we enjoy. If you don't have a job that you enjoy, look for another one. Keep looking until you find the, the one that fits. I ran around there for about 30 years before I found a job that I really liked. And it was being a chaplain. So, My second best job was being ground control in mission control Center. You have to find something that you like, something that fits. Ecclesiastes 2.24 says a man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. Find satisfaction in what you do. Ecclesiastes 3.22 says, so I saw that there was nothing better for a man than to enjoy his work because that is his lot. For who can bring him to see what will happen after him? In other words, if you don't enjoy it while you're here, when you're gone, you're, you're gone. So enjoy your work. Find something that you really want to do and do it. Do it to the best of your abilities. So what happens if we can't work? Well, that's kind of a loaded question because we always have an ability to work. Why did you say that? Well, I'm going by God's word. Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So, and so confirm his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. So according to Deuteronomy 818, no matter what your condition is, you have an ability to make wealth. You just have to figure out what that ability is. And sometimes that's not easy. But you have to figure it out. Today we have issues like Welfare and, and special security income, and I don't particularly care for those. I was there in the 60s when the National Welfare Act was first introduced, and they flooded our neighborhoods with social workers, and they would go to the houses and they'd tell the women, you know, we can give you a subsidy, subsidy check. We can subsidize, subsidize your rent we can give you food stamps and we can give you Medicaid, which sounds pretty good until you get to the bottom line and say, but the guy's got to go. They can't have any men in the house. So I came home many a days from school and I saw guys picking up their stuff off the front lawn where they were being kicked out of their homes so that their significant others could get welfare. And I thought that was wrong. When my dad died, we did not look for welfare. We teenagers got out and looked for jobs. And we worked and, and contributed to the pot and supported the household. Welfare and, and social special security income keeps people dependent on the state and not on God. They ignore God's gifts and his blessings. And very, very trying. Now we've got fifth generation welfare recipients. I was driving down the road one day and I stopped this guy, was out begging on the corner by the expressway and I said, look, I said, I can get you a job, you know, down at the chemical plants. And he said, well, nah. He said, I can't do that. I don't have anybody to take care of my children. Well, who's taking care of your kids now? He said, my sister. I said, well, wouldn't she rather take care of your kids while you were working than while you were begging? And he walked off. We, we, we need to stop depending on the state and depend on each other, depend on ourselves. There's always something that we can do. A few disabled people that I looked up, I'll give you some examples. One was a guy named Stephen Hawking. He was an English theoretical physicist, cosmologist and author who, at the time of his death, was director of research at the Center for Theoretical Cosmology at the University of Cambridge. In 1963, at the age of 21, Stephen was diagnosed with an early onset of a slow-progressing form of motor neurone disease that gradually over decades paralyzed him. He was disabled. Uh, Another guy that I looked up that was disabled was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He was an American statesman and politician who served as the 32nd president of the United States from 1933 until his death in 1945. He was almost king of the United States. He was in there so long. He also served as governor, the 44th Governor of New York from 1929 to 1932, the Assistant Secretary of the Navy from 1913 to 1920, and as a member of the New York State Senate from 1911 to 1913. But in 1921, Roosevelt contracted a paralytic illness that permanently paralyzed his legs. That didn't stop him. And my final example was person that was, lost her sight and hearing after a bout of illness when she was only 19 months old. Her name was Helen Keller. She was an American author, disability rights advocate, political activist, and lecturer. She attended Radcliffe College of Harvard University and became the first deaf and blind person in the United States to earn a bachelor's degree. So disabled people also have use. They also have skills that they can use. Now, exceptions to this rule of everybody has to work is, I call them house spouses now. It used to be housewives, but in, in view of being politically correct, I say house spouses. And, and to be fair, there's a lot of guys that do that. I did it when my mom died. I became a house son, so to speak. My dad worked and I had to take care of the house while he worked. And if you don't think that's tough work, try it sometimes for about a week. I mean, man, I was glad when he got remarried. I was. (laughs) Somebody else can do the dishes. You know, elders You know, you got a lot of us sitting around and and we call ourselves retired. Retired's not in the Bible. And for the most part, I I, I really don't see our elders being retired in that sense because they do a lot around here especially. We use them for for providing counsel, wise counsel to you young people, even though y'all think y'all know more than us. But we're here for you. And widows, quite naturally, God makes provision for the widows because they've worked hard maintaining households and families all their lives, and and sometimes they have nowhere else to go. So 1 Timothy 5.3 says give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. That's up to the church to take care of them. They don't have to do a thing, but just be loving and kind as they always were. So, those are the exceptions to the, those who can't work rule. Now, what happens if we don't work? And like I said, I, 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 I've talked about the guy that I offered a job to, but there's, there's hundreds of people. You walk down some of these streets and under the overpasses and you see people that are homeless. You see people that are, mentally unstable. And to me, if you've got something to focus your mind on, no matter what your mental capacities are, you can produce. You can produce. Proverbs 10.4 says, Lazy hands make a man poor, but diligent hands bring wealth. And Solomon was much less... Understanding in Proverbs verse chapter 6, verses 6 to 11. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest. And poverty will come on you like a bandit, and scarcity like an armed man. We have to work. If we don't work, we don't have. And if we don't have, we're going to suffer. Not only now, but when you go to the Lord and He says, What did you do? What did you do? It's got to be hard to say, well, I'll do nothing. Second Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12 says, even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread that they eat. I've seen busy bodies, and that's true. If you don't work, you've got all this time on your hands with nothing to do except for metal. So having a job keeps you busy, keeps that mind occupied, keeps you productive. So how should we work? We've talked about why we should work, and not being able to work, and not wanting to work. So, how should we work if we're going to work? First, we'll talk about employees. And Paul says in Colossians three twenty-two to twenty-five, and he calls us slaves. Let's call that employees. Employees obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor. But with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving, and anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. There is no favoritism. When we work for somebody, let's work like we're working for the Lord. That means you don't steal from the boss. You don't walk away with all his pins and all his staplers and and, and think you're getting away with little stuff. Doesn't mean that you clock in early and, and, and clock out late, even though you're not doing anything. It means working in all due diligence and knowing that Jesus Christ is looking over your shoulder as you do this. And that your boss, if he's not a Christian, might see your work, and decide that Christians might be a good thing and hire more Christians and become a Christian himself. The world is always watching us, especially at work. I remember working at NASA. They would do all kinds of things to challenge me to see if I were truly working for the Lord. I did my best to represent the Lord well. I still go out there every couple of years now and get my picture taken if that says anything. So they enjoy seeing me come back. And if it wasn't for my health, I probably could go back. We need to work as though we're working for the Lord in all that we do. If you're an employer, Colossians 4.1 says, Master or employers, provide your employees with whatever is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. This was important to me even before I was uh, recognized myself as a Christian. I was in the military, and I remembered having no stripes and one or two stripes and working for these idiots, you know, people that didn't know what they were doing half the time and didn't care what I was doing as long as the boss stayed away from them. And I determined when I got promoted that I wasn't going to be that kind of boss. So I made sure that my men knew that I cared for them. I would visit them. I would see their wives, meet their children. I would do whatever I can. For for a while there, I had about 270 people scattered across the Pacific. That made it kind of hard to get to know people. But I did my best to make sure that they were comfortable, that they had everything they needed to do their jobs correctly, listen to their complaints, and answer them as best that I could. Because I remembered how I was treated. And believe me, when I was in some of them places and nobody cared, you you feel pretty low. You feel pretty bad. And I didn't want anybody working for me to feel that way. And later I learned that that was from the Lord as well. So last one is everyone, work to glorify God in all we do. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let us represent God well in our work. If we don't know what to do, let us find something that we can do. Because he's blessed us and set a job aside for us somewhere. It's just a matter of us finding it and doing it. Let us bow our heads. Merciful and loving God, Heavenly Father, we worship and adore you, we bless you, and we praise you this morning, Father, for you are so worthy of all praise, all honor, and all glory. We just humble ourselves before you. We seek to do your good and perfect will in all that we put our hands to, and we pray, Father God, that we may represent you well, not only as we come to church and worship you, but as we worship you with what we do in the world, Father God, that we do all things to bring glory and honor to you, that we may realize and know and understand that we are part of the body of Christ. And as part of the body, we must represent ourselves well, according to your word and according to your will. And we pray your blessings upon us. We pray that you continue to strengthen us and guide us according to your will, in Jesus' name.